Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, Justin. How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. You know, just uh, getting by around here. Uh, <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I recently um, just got back from a, a trip to Disneyland, um, and, and trust me, that this is going somewhere. And so I was I was there, and I was checking out the new Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge, and it made me realize I don't know if there are really any Star Trek theme park rides. Mm, not anymore. No, there was the the one in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, there was the like the Star Trek hotel or something the star trek experience and they mm-hmm. had a corks bar and yeah it was really cool i'm really sorry i, I missed that never yeah. got to go to it yeah i got never. to do it once and uh it was awesome but alas no more no more so may- maybe someone will uh will hear our podcast and realize <laughs> what a horrible mistake they've made what a huge market there is out there and uh and do it but yeah anyways yeah i guess start i mean star trek has never or hasn't recently been that big. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that nobody's investing money into a Star Trek theme park or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I guess outside of some of the recent episodes of uh, Discovery, when there's been a lot of thrilling things happening, there hasn't necessarily been a lot of, you know, thrilling things. Like, can you imagine if they tried to make a theme park ride based on Star Trek The Motion Picture? That would be probably yeah. not the most exciting adventure. <laughs> uh, a ride, uh, like a VR experience, like The Void Ooh, uh, yeah. for Star Trek First Contact would be pretty cool. That would be great. Maybe like, the Borg come out yep. and to fight the Borg. Maybe you get assimilated. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That sounds almost like a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> be a little scary, but also Star Trekky. Yeah. Huh. All right, get on that void. <laughs> I did their. I did the Star Wars one, and it was incredible. So yeah, I've heard imagine. it's really amazing. Yeah. Well, anyways, until then, we have televised Trek. We do. We have uh, Star Trek Sounds Discovery. Uh, yeah. We're gonna, we're going to talk about season two, episode seven, Light and Shadows. Original air date February twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. All right. Which which one are you taking? Are you going to be light and I'll be shadows? Sure. Okay. Good. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> uh, so the episode begins with uh, Michael telling Pike that she has to go to Vulcan to resume her search for Spock. Uh, while she goes to Vulcan, Discovery will remain above Kaminar to analyze the traces of the Red Angel. Mm-hmm. A temporal rift opens in front of Discovery, and Pike, being the most qualified pilot, as he was a former test pilot, uh, he decides that he should use a shuttle to check it out. Yeah, sounds uh, safe. Sure. Send the captain out there. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Protocol. Uh, that's opening credits. When the episode comes back, uh, Michael arrives at Vulcan, and she has flashbacks to growing up with Spock. Uh, Sarek has been practicing Tokmar to find Spock, uh, sort of meditation, mm-hmm. uh, but it hasn't been working. And Amanda is still mad at Michael and doesn't want to help Michael in her search. Uh, meanwhile, Pike and Tyler fly towards the time rift. Uh, Pike sees a time echo uh, in which he shoots Tyler with a phaser. Uh, they launch a probe, but then the shuttle disappears into a time rift. Uh, Saru suggests to Tilly that Stamets, with his tardigrade DNA, would be immune from the effects of the time rift and that he should be the one to search for Pike and Tyler. Uh, they have five hours before the radiation becomes lethal. So there's a time limit. 
Mm-hmm. Extra pressure. Yeah, yeah it's not, uh, it, but it's it's five show hours, so it's, you know, like 45 minutes for pretty us. Much, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Vulcan, Amanda takes Michael to a Vulcan crypt in which she has hidden Spock. The bearded Spock is muttering to himself and does not acknowledge either Michael or Amanda. Uh, he keeps repeating 841947. Uh, Amanda refuses to get Spock help, even invoking diplomatic immunity if she has to. Uh, but suddenly, Sarek appears. Mm-hmm. He's followed them there, I guess. Uh, Pike and Tyler are trying to navigate through the rift when Pike spots the red signal that brought them to Kaminar in the first place. Uh, back on Vulcan, Amanda tells Sarek that she read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland to Spock to help him cope with his human learning difficulty called Latokterai, which is akin to dyslexia. Okay, yeah. Uh, Sarek wants Michael to deliver Spock to Section 31. Uh, Sarek reasons that Section 31 wants something that Spock knows, so no one would be more motivated to heal him than Section 31. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Additionally, uh, Michael's career is in jeopardy if she doesn't hand Spock over, and Sarek doesn't want to lose both of his children on the same day. Oh, Sarek. Uh, Pike and Tyler Shaw gets hit by their probe, which has become a mechanical squid. Yeah, it's like something out of the Matrix. Yeah, it's very Matrixy. That was my note. Uh, Michael takes Spock to Captain Leland's ship. Uh, Michael realizes that the numbers he has been repeating are backwards because of his learning disability. Ah, I see. It's really on the nose with the dyslexia comparison there. Uh huh. Yes. So it's seven four nine one four eight are the actual numbers. Mm-hmm. Back on the shuttle, uh, Tyler discovers that uh, the probe has traveled 500 years into the future and was sent back to them for some reason. Uh, The probe's tentacles break through the the shuttle's hull and grab Tyler. Pike recalls the time echo of him shooting Tyler, but it was actually of him shooting the mechanical tentacle that is holding Mm -hmm. Tyler. Uh, The probe jacks into the shuttle's computer. Meanwhile, Stamets has Tilly transport him onto Pike and Tyler's shuttle. Uh, he flies them out of the rift, but they don't have enough plasma to fly back to Discovery due to all the plasma Pike was burning as distress signals for Discovery to follow. Uh, on Leland's ship, Giorgio tells Michael that Section 31 is going to use a memory extractor on Spock, which will destroy Spock's mind. Uh, she hatches a plan for Michael to knock Giorgio out and rescue Spock, uh, which Michael goes along with. Uh, Pike sets the shuttle to self-destruct, and Discovery beams Pike, Tyler, and Stamets out. Uh, during this, Commander Arium encounters some red signals while she is looking at the data being breached from the shuttle's computer. Uh, Discovery warps off right before the time rift explodes. Pike tells Tyler that, uh, he may have been right about Pike having guilt about sitting out the war. Uh, Pike is also starting to agree with Tyler that the Red Angel might have nefarious intentions. Uh, on Leland's ship, Giorgio tells Leland that he needs her to keep Michael uh, from finding out the truth that Leland is responsible for the death of her parents. Oh. So there's a whole another conspiracy going on there. Mm-hmm. Another layered all of this. Uh, Michael and Spock are hiding from Section 31 in an asteroid field, a la the Millennium Falcon in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, Michael has the computer search a location using the numbers 749148 which is the coordinates for the planet Talos 4. 
And Michael flies to Talos 4 at maximum warp, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, so a big tie into the original series. Yes. uh, From The Cage. Yeah, so what did you think of this one? Uh, I liked it. Um, I was nice to see Spock finally. Yeah, we were we were really starting to believe that he wasn't going to show up until the final episode. Yeah, of the but, season you know, or something like episode that. seven. Spock's finally there. Yeah, so about halfway through, we get to see more of uh, the backstory between Michael and Spock, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm personally interested in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have michael who you know for obvious reasons was never mentioned on previous trek (laughs) because the character didn't exist but you know if you have a character like that you have to have some good valid reason that they have have never been mentioned before Mm -hmm. and uh we're starting to see that unfold i think and yeah it was it was interesting seeing you know spock be so uh not spock uh you know, is obviously very, very troubled. Something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, harkens back to the, you know, the old, uh, uh, you know, him going through the pond far and, you know, all of that kind of stuff in old Trek. Right. Where he's not himself. And you think, oh, wow, this is what a super logical being is like when they lose their, their control. Uh, what do you think of them uh, giving him a learning difficulty, which I don't think has ever been mentioned before? Yeah, I am really not sure what the point of that is, if it plays a role. I mean, obviously, you know, you have the the numbers being repeated backwards, but I think they could have explained that any number of ways, right? right. Like, he just remembered them in the wrong order, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't need to have him, you know, have a learning disability. I mean, not that there's, you know, obviously there's nothing wrong with anyone having a learning disability, but... um it it just seems like an odd to me, just kind of an odd character trait to yeah. kind of come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, unless it has some greater payoff later on, it seems like so. It seems like a major thing to introduce for a character just to have it be resolved in like a really simplistic way in the, the one episode. Yeah, I always have uh, not necessarily an issue, but it's weird when you have an established character, a long-standing established character, and then you give them uh this character trait that they never had shown before mm-hmm. right there's a, it if anything you know if it really was just be you know to explain why he was repeating the numbers backwards it, it it's a big thing to do to a character for you know such a small little you know payoff in one episode i think right um but maybe maybe it's not the last we've heard of this yeah maybe Maybe it has something to do with why the Red Angel chose him to appear to him only. I, I will see. Uh, as much as I like the Section 31 stuff, I do feel like it's being overused. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked Section 31 back in you know the DS9 era when mm-hmm. it was you know very sparing. It was very sparingly used. There was this secret organization and you know people didn't really know about him. And then this one, it's, I guess it's akin to the Mirror Universe in the first season, mm-hmm. where it's like, it was cool. It was a cool one-off idea. And then they really went for it mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, Discovery. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a great point. The, it, there really is a, a 
a parallel between how they are just going all in on Section 31 the way they went all in on the Terran universe. It's like these little bits of previous tracks that they're just turning into an entire story arc here. And, you know, I think in the case of... I think what's what's a bit different maybe in the case of uh, Discovery is that it's almost, you know, making Section 31 seem like it's something that everyone knows about. Right. And is just sort of a normal day-to-day part of Starfleet. Whereas, you know, I would think that, you know, they would maybe not even talk about Section 31 openly on the bridge, you know, or, oh, here's Ash Tyler. He's our, you know, he's our envoy between, you know, Discovery and Section 31. Like, you'd almost think that they'd be making up a reason for Tyler to be there that was totally unrelated, which yeah. is made up, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, he, yeah, he's going to join us because, you know, we're talking to, you know, Klingons about, you know, joining Starfleet or, you know, just make something up. But yeah, the fact that they're so engaged with Section 31 just makes some, Section 31 seem like it's just another, like, very uh you know kind of like open part of starfleet where really it's like the dirty secret of starfleet Mm -hmm. that no one knows about like you hear rumors but oh wow this is real yeah exactly Mm -hmm. but uh yeah and uh it seems like it's pretty well established in the storyline at this point so i don't think uh they'll be going away anytime soon (laughs) (laughs) nah probably not i mean the Giorgio spinoff show is probably a Section 31 show. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing when uh, when that spinoff happens, then uh, we'll see less of Section 31 on the on the, the main show. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Or maybe it'll just cross over all the time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, next time, we're going to talk about If Memory Serves. Ooh. Memory Serves what? Breakfast? Maybe. Okay, we'll we'll see. Yeah.